here it is. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hi, this is Jake Toko with Rocky Mountain Construction, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, this is Darren Schmidt from the Dead Man's Digest, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm Kim Brooks, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey, kids, this is Ian from Theme Park Stop. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Enjoy. Be nice to see you. It's awesome. Do you accept the coaster challenge? Yes, I accept the coaster challenge. Do you accept the coaster challenge? Mm-hmm. Coaster challenge podcast is here. It's time to face your fears. Get that theme park therapy and lend us both your Coaster ears. challenge podcast is here. Your fear can disappear. We know that theme park therapy can dry up all your tears. Do you accept the coaster challenge? Yes, I accept the coaster challenge. Do you accept the coaster challenge? We accept because you know we're not average. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. A journey where people become fearful to fearless all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses and keep your hands and arms inside the podcast. It's time to accept the Coaster Challenge with your host, David Cantu and Jenna Gassell. Hey, how's it going, Jenna? Good. How's it going, Dave? It's good. It's good. Happy April 22nd. Man, we're already getting through April. Wait a minute. This year's got to slow down. Yeah, it's moving pretty fast. I have to say, it's moving. I can't get over it, though. Oh, that mean- Oh, wait a minute. That's good for me, because that means school's almost over. Yeah. Yay! You know, I forgot to mention last week, but didn't you notice uh, our lovely new intro that we have for Season 2? Yeah, I did. Who did that, by the way? Well, actually, the person that actually helped did our, our new intro is actually our guest today on the podcast with Andrew. We've got Ben Grant. And he also runs Ben Grant Music. He was really nice to do this wonderful intro for us for season two, just so that we can show that we are growing, we are changing, we're getting bigger and better. And it's a really honor. And I want to thank Ben in advance here for doing this wonderful intro for us. Isn't he also the one that did our, our YouTube clip too? Oh, yeah. But now let's take a look at our new version of our YouTube highlight clip, clip of, of the week. week. It's the YouTube highlight clip of the week. The YouTube highlight clip of the week. It's a video that stands out because it's unique. It's the YouTube highlight clip of the week. All right, so this week's YouTube clip of the week. Since Ben is a special guest on the podcast, you know, he does very incredible music guys he's got a youtube channel he's very big on tiktok very big on instagram but i gotta tell you he's got his music on youtube and you know since andrew is with ben today and since everybody loves velocicoaster right jen oh yeah that i figured for this week just to show what what exactly the kind of music that ben does you guys got a preview of how he did our intro but he does incredible music but he does it for the theme parks especially universal we're going to play with you guys have a little fun here today kicking off our season two but we're going to play you guys ben's greatest song velocicoaster that i get it oh my gosh guys i just read for it and it was so good guys i just rode velocicoaster and it was so cool just got off velocicoaster it was amazing Okay, I get it. You got to ride Velocicoaster first. Yeah, I get it. It's the coolest ride in the universe. Okay, I get it. You rode it with your friends after work. Dude, I get it. I said I get it. 
We all wanna ride that too. Stop rubbing it in. I'm sick of seeing Snapchats of the queue. They won't let me in. But everybody got to ride it first. I can't never win. A clever girl, but I'm never gonna see just how intelligent. I hop on social media and everybody posting. What? I drew a velocity. Everybody posting. Ooh. Seeing all these photos got me deep in my emotions. I'm sitting on the bed while all my friends is roller coasting. The ride look taller than a freaking skyscraper. What? Universal hooked me up, do me one favor. Yeah. Me on the ride, man. Nothing will be greater. Please. If I don't ride it first, maybe I could ride icebreakers. Oh, and really, I'm just jealous. Yeah. When it finally opens the line, finna be endless. Man. I won't ever get to ride it, man. I should just forget it. Ugh. It's on Facebook and Snapchat and what? Even Reddit. Okay, what? I get it. You got to ride Velocicoaster first. Yeah, I get it. It's the coolest ride in the universe. Okay, I get it. You rode it with your friends after work. Dude, I get it. I said, I get it. Okay, I get it. You got to ride Velocicoaster because you're a team member or a pass holder or whatever. Stop making me jealous. I can't open social media without seeing Velocicoaster. I got feelings too. Universal, hook me up. Let me on a ride, man. I'm free Friday. Hey, Universal, I'm free Friday. If you want to, you know, invite me out to the park. Let me ride the ride or whatever. I don't know. All right, that song really had a good beat, huh, Jen? I I think it's great. I mean, I kind of feel, I kind of understand the, okay, I get it already, because I've heard so much about Velocicoaster that I am about ready to just be like, I hate Velocicoaster. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I tell you, all all last year, you know, that's all everybody talked about was Velocicoaster, Velocicoaster. Andrew, the whole season one, kept talking about Velocicoaster, Velocicoaster, Velocicoaster. But, yeah, Ben, that was just fantastic. So that was a really good YouTube highlight clip of the week. All right, so Andrew is standing by with our special guest today. We've got the one and only Ben Grant from Ben Grant Music. It's going to be a really good episode, guys, so take it away, Andrew. Thank you, David and Jenna. This is Andrew, one of the producers of the Coaster Challenge podcast with you today. Today, I have a very interesting and special guest. I'd like to welcome to the podcast from the Ben Grant Music YouTube channel, Ben Grant. Welcome, Ben. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm really excited to be joining you. Awesome. Awesome. Now, you, I think, the first kind of music-focused guest on the show. We, As we were talking about before we started recording here in Coaster Challenge, we like to promote others. We're not in a, a battle or competing with others, even other podcasts. We've had many people that, that like us, produce podcasts uh, here on the show as guests. We like promoting artists. We've had you know visual artists and things like that. And we've had people that, you know, amateur musicians, just do it on the side, but certainly you with your YouTube channel and other areas that you promote your music you certainly are you know really really putting yourself out there so i'm excited to have a musician on the show well i'm excited to join you i've never been on a podcast before so i'm very nervous but i'm gonna just put the nerves to the side and i'm you know excited to have some fun with you guys yeah if you can do the videos that you do which we'll talk more about later you'll be you'll be absolutely fine (laughs) all right cool actually speaking of those videos so why don't we start off uh, tell us about yourself like who you are where, where you live you know just any anything that's of interest here considering where Coaster Theme Park Podcast, and then also about your music. Hi, everybody. If you don't know who I am, my name is Ben Grant, and I was born and raised and currently live in Orlando, Florida, which is surrounded by theme parks. From a very young age, 
I've been going to theme parks. Both my parents worked in theme parks. I also love making music. So I said, you know what? I'm going to combine the two and I make music specifically for the people who are as into theme parks as I am. And I try to really play to that audience. You know, it's, it's really fun and I enjoy it. And if you are ever so kind, please go check out my music. That's awesome. That's really cool. That's really, really cool. As you mentioned, you're a big theme park fan. You grew up here in the theme park capital. So you've lived here all your life, right? Correct. Here in yeah. Orlando. And I say here because I'm based here in Orlando as well. And so you're into the theme parks and you decided to start making music about it. During the second half of the interview, we'll talk more about your music. Just to kick things off here, the first thing that we always ask is, and please Ben, share with us, what was the first theme park attraction you remember experiencing? That is such a tough question because I quite literally have been going to theme parks since I was in my mother's stomach. She, both of my parents were singers at Disney with Voices of Liberty. And so I was, my mom was pregnant with me singing and then I was born and then I was going as a baby and then as a toddler. I have no idea what my first one was, but I'll tell you my favorite one as a, as a young child was going to see, I met Ariel, the Little Mermaid, and my parents having the connections they did because they were performers at Disney, told, I don't want to say the performer, I got to have character integrity. I'll say they told Ariel herself that <laughs> Ben was going to come and this is what Ben is wearing. And so as a little kid, I walked up to meet the Little Mermaid and she said, there you are, Ben, I've been expecting you all day. And it was like the man I was, I felt like a gangster. I was like, <laughs> you guys are all waiting in line to see her, but she knows my name. So you can go home now. But um, it was the coolest moment ever. And it really like, I guess, you know, it's cheesy to say like, oh, it kept the magic alive, but it kept the magic alive. You know, it was a really cool moment, but I don't know the first time. I really don't know the first memory I have because I just have uh, like endless memories being right. in theme parks. Well, yeah, because I've been very lucky. Yeah, you know, you. Oh, I, I'm glad that you see that because you know I yeah. have not lived all my life here in Orlando. I, I lived in California for many years. I grew up in New Jersey. I think one of the things that all of us try to do in life, some of us are more successful than others because life and other things can get in the way. Is we try to better our life. We try to better our career. What right. we do for fun. You know, meetings a, a special someone, getting married, kids. You know, whatever whatever the priorities are. So given how close and given, you know, it sounds like, you know, you said your mom was a voice of liberty. Yeah, she's yeah. a singer. So is my dad. Oh, your dad was. So obviously they're both yep. into Disney, into the parks. And so you grew up with the parks. So you're probably in them all the time. Like you said, when your mom was pregnant with you, you were there in the parks. So all those yep. memories combined together. For me, I grew up in New Jersey. And yeah, I would come down. My parents would, as a kid, they would take me down here to Disney World. This is, this is before, I'm a little older than you. This is before Universal existed and SeaWorld was barely anything. And I would come down maybe once a year. So I have somewhat more distinct individual memories when I was like, say, four years old, the first time I came down here. But for you, I totally get it. It's different. Don't worry. We're going to go to get into memories that are more recent for you. And obviously it'll be easier for sure. to remember. So, so anyway, so just real quick, going back to your parents were both, both voices of Liberty. Is that how they met by the way, or? No, you know, I am a terrible son. I don't know how they met, but I will say <laughs> they have, that was not the only time they performed together. They were both, I know this is not about my parents, but I'm going to brag for a second. That's they okay. were uh, in Hunchback of Notre Dame back when MGM, it wasn't Hollywood Studios, it was MGM. My mom was Esmeralda, my dad was Quasimodo, which I think is just the coolest. My dad did Tarzan, my mom, she was on uh, Main Street, she did Diamond Horseshoe. I mean, if you guys don't know what that is, they're all really great shows that were at oh, Disney, yeah. and I, I like to brag about that a lot, so. That's amazing. Yeah, they had a great career with the company. That's amazing. Now, do you do you have a good relationship with them, like even now? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I called my mom today and asked her, oh, I have this podcast. What do I say? Like, oh, I'm so nervous. Yeah, I called her today talking about it. So That's cool. That's cool. And yeah. how old are you, by the way? I'm 22. 
22. Okay. I figured you're in your twenties, but okay. Very cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome that you have a great relationship with him still. And it sounds like you had a really good upbringing. You were, like you said, you were very lucky. And yes. I'm glad very lucky. I, I'm, I was starting to say this, you know, I'm glad that you recognize that you're lucky that you don't, that means you're less likely to take things for granted. Like myself, I feel very fortunate. Again, I've worked hard for a lot of these things, but I feel very fortunate that I've been able to make things work and life has worked out and karma and all these things that I actually believe in. And But I don't take it for granted. So I'm glad to see that you don't either. Yeah. So now have your parents just had curiosity, because I know a lot of times the people that are part of the Voices of Liberty are also part of Candlelight Processional. Have your parents been part of that ever? Yes, they were both singing at Candlelight every year. And I think, I don't think they're having voices there this year. I could be wrong on that. Yeah. But uh, to make a long story short, they're both no longer with the company. They did do Candlelight a few years nice. uh, consecutively. Yeah. Nice. And for our listeners that are wondering what the heck is Candlelight Processional, I, I certainly thought that the first time a friend of mine told me about it years ago. Something they do at Disneyland once, like one weekend of the year, but here at Disney World, they do it at Epcot and they do it for like every, almost every night for a couple months, like November, December. It's for the holidays. And it's basically a combination of the story of Christmas that is told by a celebrity narrator, one of the most famous narrators is Neil Patrick Harris, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, I've seen her, all kinds of different actors and actresses and musicians. I can't pronounce her name, but the, the last time I saw Candlelight, which was this past see, Christmas season in 2021, the uh, actress who is Moana, who was Moana in the and, and sings How Far I'll Go and all that. She was our narrator. She was awesome. Uh, again, I can't pronounce her name. Anyway, so that narrator will tell the story of Christmas and they'll tell it in little bite-sized chunks. And in between those chunks, they'll tell they'll tell a few sentences, a paragraph. After that's done, then a song. The, the Voices of Liberty will be there and, uh, and other you know musicians. And there's a full orchestra. They, they play a song and they sing a song, one of the famous Christmas songs. And then they'll move on and the narrator will continue another section of the story and then back to a song again and back and forth and there's beautiful they hold beautiful candles and it's it's just a great way in a more traditional sense to celebrate christmas and it's so i was just curious For sure that's really cool your parents were a part of that but anyways yeah let's i'm really back. proud of that <laughs> that's really cool well let's get back to you what would you say and this could be when you were a little kid or it could be yesterday what would you say is the theme park attraction that more than any other scares you the most before you got on it like the anticipation was okay, so I have been to Cedar Point one time in my life. Okay. It was when I was 13 years old, and it was Top Thrill Dragster. That was the scariest <laughs> looking ride. And I had just found out the night before we went, my cousin was talking to me. I learned what a rollback was. He told oh. me, yeah, you know, sometimes it doesn't make it all the way up and then you go backwards. And I was like, what? I don't know if I want to do that. Like, and so I was really, really scared to get on Top Thrill Dragster. Yeah, I know most of your uh, listeners would be grateful for a rollback and I probably would yep. now, but at the time that was not, that was not fun for me. Okay. So that was the one that scared you the most. Now, did you get a rollback on your ride? We did not get a rollback. No, and you probably we made it over every that. time. You're happy I, about that. Well, I was happy about it. Now I'd be like, man, that'd be a cool thing to say because I know they're kind of rare to happen. But I mean, at the time, I was very happy that we made it over. Right. I was actually, before you actually said that, I was going to ask you if now it would be different for you because that that's a sign right there. And I'm glad to hear that it would be different for you now. It's a sign of yeah. how you've progressed with, with, fight, with fighting anxiety and fear. And we'll get more into that in a little bit. But I'm glad to hear that. But I laughed when you revealed it's Top Thrill Dragster. I've been on that ride numerous times. Again, we 
you know, just finished our, you know, first finishing up our first season, getting our second season here at the podcast. We basically have an episode every week. We, we did take a break in late 2021. We were really busy with travel and holidays and things like that. But we pretty much, you know, had, you know, several dozen, multiple dozens of episodes in the first season. Again, that's a not decent number of guests. And one of the coasters that's high up on the repeat list of multiple people saying it's the one that scared the most is Top Wolf Dexter. So, I'm not surprised. It's intimidating. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the second tallest coaster in the world and it's it's right on the water there unlike the tallest one which is just landlocked and yeah i mean it's it's intimidating absolutely at cedar point there yeah it stands out at cedar point oh yeah so topical dragster is the one that scared you the most yes okay what was it like for you now topical dragster most of our listeners are familiar with it and probably been on it just in case just to remind everyone topical dragster it does not have an indoor queue it's all outside so wherever you are and the switchbacks and whatnot, you're hearing that ride. It's a very loud launch and the brakes are even loud and all that. And you're seeing it. That must have given you a lot of anticipation. So talk to me as you're going through the line approaching the station, what you was going through your mind. Like you mentioned, you can hear the ride. It's very loud. What you can also hear, they have a, a recording. I don't know if it's still there. At least when I was there, and this was probably, I'm going to say 2013, they have a recording that says, arms down, heads back, and hang on tight. My cousin says to me, and maybe this isn't true. This might not be true now that I'm thinking about it. I never thought about it, but he says to me, yeah, they have this recording because if you have your arms up, it goes so fast that your arms are gonna pop out of your socket. <laughs> You're the engineer. You can tell me if that's true or he was no. pulling my leg or I say, should say pulling my arm. But <laughs> I, was, I heard that and I was like, great. I was so scared. And so we walked up and I looked at my dad and I said, I'm not doing it. I said, I'm gonna set this one out. You guys let me know how it is because it wasn't that busy of a day. We could ride it later. I was like, you guys let me know how it is. I'm gonna sit it out. And thankfully the line was long enough for them to convince me to sit down and ride it. But man, I was scared. Wow. Okay, interesting. In general, and of course, there are, you know, muscular degenerative type diseases and bone diseases and, and things like that, where you're not as strong or as resilient, physically speaking, as a typical person. Now, perhaps if you have one of those, now, of course, that's where they get into the warning signs. If you have, you know, diseases that affect your back and, you know, your, you know, whatnot, right. you should ride it. And that, that would apply to those kinds of people. But it, I, I suppose if someone with a disorder like that were to ride top of Rexter or a, a fast accelerating coaster like that and put their arms up, you know, maybe something bad could happen, you know, in terms of what you described, but a normal able-bodied person like yourself, like myself, these coasters are designed and they go through safety checks and safety testing, you know, that's not going to happen normally speaking. So you had a lot of anxiety leading up to getting on the ride. You almost didn't go on the ride. Right. Okay. But you obviously did go on it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking yeah. about it. Now, I'm guessing you didn't put your hands up. Oh, no. I was hanging okay. on so tight. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's perfectly acceptable. Um, I like my you... arms in my socket. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. Talk to me about how you felt like right after the ride, after you got off of it, what was going through your head? What were you thinking? I loved it. I was, I had so much fun on that ride and we rode it uh, several times that day. I loved it so much. And I loved the view because, you know, here in Orlando, other than Icon Park, which didn't exist at the time, there's not a whole lot of really tall attractions. And it was right. so cool being up that high. And even though you're up there for just a second, you get to see everything in, in a beautiful theme park. And, and it was the coolest moment afterwards because I was like, okay, I did it. And I'm okay. And I'm alive. And it was, you know, it, it, nothing bad happened. And my arms are in my sockets. And <laughs> it was really, it was, uh, it was a good time. And I'm really glad I did it. I was proud of myself. You should be. You should be. And by the way, when you went to Cedar Point, did you also ride Millennium Force? I did, yeah. Okay. Barely, because I blacked out on it, but I did ride it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you were probably, you didn't black out going down the first drop, right? You remember the first drop and... 
I remember, no, I remember, I didn't black out, black out, right. but it was one of those things where you yeah. see stars, right. you know, and I was right. like, oh God, oh God, oh God, yeah. Yeah, that's intense positive G's that do that, centrifugal force and all that. Yeah. Yeah, with bank curves and yeah, I've been on a couple of coasters like that. So you were proud of yourself, as you should be, for, for being brave and sticking with it and getting on the ride and you enjoyed it. Kind of, you know, and you also probably had the adrenaline, the endorphins, you were feeling good afterwards, weren't you? Oh Yeah. I was, nice. like I said, I was really proud and I was like glad that I faced my fear and did it. Okay, that's excellent. Looking beyond just the, that moment after it, you were proud, you were, you were ecstatic, you were, you know, excited, you enjoyed it. How did riding Topple Dragster and conquering your fear in that ride, the biggest fear you ever had going on a ride, how did that impact your life moving forward? It definitely taught me, and you can take this with a grain of salt, but it taught me that when you're scared of something, repeatedly ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? Because obviously in that situation, unless I put my arms up at the time with, I believe my arms would come out of their socket, nothing terrible would happen. I would just, you know, I'd be scared to go up and down. Literally, that's all the ride does. You go up and then you go down, but nothing, you know, I'm not going to fly out of the cart. I'm not going to, you know, the cart's not going to go off the railing, you know, like it, it's taking it with a grain of salt, but I, I try to live my life. And when I'm scared, I tell myself, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Like, for example, this podcast, I was nervous, right. but what's the worst that can happen? I stumble over some words. Okay. You know, it's like, I'm going to be okay. I'm still going to get in my own bed and sleep tonight. I'm not going to fall off a cliff because I, I stumbled over some words. It's just, I don't know. I'm rambling now at this point and stumbling over okay. words, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> and by the way, you're doing great. You're doing, you're doing oh, great. Thank you. Thank you. You're doing awesome. No, absolutely. I, if I didn't know any better, I would have figured out oh, you've had, it's done interviews before and no, you're doing great. Don't no, no worry. Oh, well, thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Given that you answered that topple dragster is the one that scared you the most. You have not like, has facing topple dragster made it easier to get another ride since then? You know, what's crazy that you asked that because I, I genuinely mean this. That was the last time I remember being scared to go on a ride. Even when Volcano Bay opened, Koopiri, the body slide. Yes, yes. I hate water slides. I, I like them, but I hate them. And I I wasn't scared to do it. And then afterwards, everyone was asking me, weren't you scared? Weren't you nervous? And I was like, not really. Like, what, what's going to happen? I'm just going to go down the slide, you know? But like, right. it, it really, that was genuinely the last time I've really felt like fear enough to where I wasn't going to do something. You know, I've right. been I've been nervous and had adrenaline, but I, I that was the last time I ever was like, oh, I can't ride this. I can't do it, guys. Right. So it did. Yeah, right. definitely affect me. Right. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. So now you mentioned the hands up thing. So have you, since riding Topple Dragster, have you, are you kind of person, do you put your hands up on a coaster, for example? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. That, I, the only reason I didn't on that ride is because I was specifically told <laughs> your arms will come out of your socket. And I was like, ah, I'm not going to do it this time. But no, I do that all the time. And I scream and, nice. you know, have a good time. Nice. I always look awesome. for the camera too. I always try to get a really good photo. Nice. That's always fun. If too, there is absolutely. one. Yeah. Yep. 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 So clearly, yeah, it had a very positive impact. Conquering that fear allowed you to enjoy rides more and, and be more fearless riding rides moving forward. That's excellent. Now, would you say, can you think of any examples where conquering that fear, you know, what you said about eight years ago, nine years ago? I want to say I'm terrible at math or at least quick math. <laughs> it was uh, 2013. So nine you see how ago. bad I am at math? Nine okay, years ago. I don't That's know. okay. That's okay. There you go. Nine years ago. Okay. Nine years ago. We're sticking to it. So and, and I knew that. And you were obviously you were still a, you were in what middle school then? Like you were. Yeah, I was 13 years old. Junior high school. So yeah. Ha conquering that fear like that, has that helped you in, in your life in other ways? You know, where you, do, where you feel like you don't or you didn't have as much anxiety as you would have otherwise. Definitely. Yeah. It's just anything, even if it's a small thing. And I don't think that that story of Top Thrill Dragster is a small thing. But even if it's a small thing, just facing your fear is just such a great baby step because 
it just it just reminds you that you faced your fear and you're alive and you're fine and even if it doesn't work out for you you learned from it it's right, it just right. every little thing that you can do to face your fear even if it's just something as small as like oh i don't want to go talk to this person right now because they intimidate me well just do it because <laughs> if right. you embarrass yourself you learn from it and if you don't you talk to that person and that's great right no that's a very good point now if we pull the curtains back a little further from this discussion yeah as they say take the thirty thousand foot view level theme parks in general you know beyond just facing fear just theme parks would you say that theme parks have had a significant positive impact on your life and in what ways? 100%. Um, from a young age, it was always the place. I mean, it's very like, you'd think me living in Orlando and going as often as I have my whole life, you'd think it would ruin the nostalgia thing, but it totally doesn't. I mean, my whole childhood was spent in theme parks going on into my young teens. I was going to, I mean, you know, it was always a place to hang out for me. And then, and then when I was in college, it's still a place to go and be at, you know, it was just a very, like a very, it was like my happy place, 100% my happy place in a park, no matter where I am. But the one benefit it has on me for sure that I can take away from is I am obsessed with detail. I'm obsessed with little detail. And that is something that I can 100% point the finger at theme parks, specifically Universal, because they have such a great, I mean, I'm going to be even more specific. Universal Halloween Horror Nights has uh, such a great attention to detail. And I've been a long time, huge Halloween Horror Nights fan is something that I'm very, I guess I could say I'm, again, I'm not a cocky person usually, but I'm very proud of the attention to detail that I uh, put forth in my daily life. And even in every TikTok and every video I have, there's there's little details everywhere and I can 100% point the finger at theme parks because I I just love that idea of somebody might not notice this but for that one person that does this is going to mean the world to them and I love that. So that is something I'm very proud of. A few more questions on this first half of the interview here. What has been your craziest moment on a theme park attraction ever? So like I said before, my mom was a singer at Voices. She would if she was ever singing on the weekends, she would, you know, sign me into the park, which was, again, I'm very grateful that she was, she was able to do that. And there was one day in high school that I went to the park with my best friend. His name is Marcus. And we went and rode Journey to Imagination, which is, it's a five minute mit, like wait for the ride. So we were like, all right, well, let's just ride on this. And we rode it and we were sitting in the back row. Okay. And one of the workers said to us, oh, you know, you're sitting in the back row. Let me let you in on a little secret. And we're like, all right, what's up? <laughs> he said, well, in the, in the scene of the ride, okay, there's a part. It's right as you guys are being told that you can no longer go into the touch and taste lab. For those of you who are not familiar, this is a ride at Epcot Center. I should have clarified that. I, love, it's a little you, I love that you call it Epcot Center, by the way. Still, that's awesome. <laughs> keep going. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, and I say MGM for Hollywood Studios. I, yeah. you know, I'm all over the place. That's awesome. But uh, anyways, there's a scene in the ride where you're about to go into the touch and taste lab. Nigel tells you that you cannot go in there and you move forward to the next room where you go through Figment's house. Well, the worker tells us, you know, if you look back at Figment, at the animatronic Figment, sometimes at a random time, he will wave to you as you're entering the next room. <laughs> okay. So we were like, all right, well, we'll try to remember that. So we did. We looked back. We looked. He didn't wave to us. But we were like, well, she said, you know, it's every once in a while. So let's ride it again. There's a five minute wait. So we went and rode it again. We looked back. He didn't wave to us. We rode that ride 14 times oh, in a row. No. Oh my God. We didn't have much to do, as you can tell, at Disney right. World. You know, I got nothing to do. But anyways, 14 times in a row. And we were like, okay, they're totally pulling our leg. Let's do it one more time and we'll see what happens. Figment waved at us. I swear to you, I can't make this up. If you guys go on that ride, sit in the back row, 
and I swear to you, he does. It's like such a faint wave, but he like he's doing his little thing, and then he just waves at you, and it and it's the coolest thing. And I'm gonna shamelessly plug him by the way because he makes music at young underscore mocha underscore one. He makes music. Go check him out as well. It's not awesome. theme park music, but it's really good music. So please go check that no, out. But anyways, awesome. that was my craziest uh, craziest moment on a ride. That's <laughs> it was really fun. cool, and that and that is a great story of persistence, by the way, which is a as the same. Oh yeah, goes, persistence is a virtue. It's a great it's a great character trait to have. And like I said, we were about to walk away. We were about to walk away and we looked and he waved at us. And I swear awesome. it makes like it sounds like I'm making it up, but you guys gotta go check it out. He might wave at you. That's so. awesome. I love it. By the way, did you get a figment popcorn bucket? I did not get a figment popcorn oh. bucket. I'm not gonna wait in that line. I refuse. You know, the thing about Disney, and I I respect them for this, they're really good at getting money out of their like yes. diehard fans. <laughs> and I was blind to it for the longest time. I wish I know people can't see this camera right now. I have a collection of magic bands. I used to go and I oh. bought every single special edition magic band when they'd be like, oh, we're only making 2000 of this one or that one. And I have some really cool ones. But anyways, I had to come to a realization one day, like, okay, they're they're really, they they got you eaten out of the palm of their hand. So I try to I try to relax on the merch that I get unless it's something I, I really you. like. I'm not a big fan of Journey to Imagination or Figment. And David, Ivan, and I, again, the other two producers of the show, we, we actually joke about it. And, uh, you know, I saw, the, I saw the Figment popcorn bucket and this was, you know, right when they came out, what was it in the beginning of early January? My friend Anthony, he was at Disney and, we didn't, and I had hung out with him the day before we were at Universal all day. He was at Disney the next day. And I was like, and he was telling me he's going to get popcorn buckets. And, and Iva is yeah. a big fan of Journey to Imagination. And I was kind of feeling her out by text, you know, would she be interested in one? She's like, no, I'm not interested. And, but I was like, you know, I'm going to get one just in case, and, you know, and maybe surprise her with it or whatnot. Anthony w got me one and I met, I met up with him. And so I didn't have to wait in line for it because I have an awesome friend who, who got me one. <laughs> and I gave him the 25 bucks. And then by that point, Iva had really said, I don't want it. I don't want it. So and then I saw the bucket. I'm like, oh my God, this is like the cutest thing ever. This thing is awesome. Like I've seen some really cool popcorn buckets, but it, I'm like, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to put it up in my new home and some decorating all kinds of theme park stuff anyway. And I love it. It's in my kitchen on a shelf. It's kind of cool. like display shelves. And yeah, so, but it's like, yeah, it's awesome. But anyways, that's a really cool, craziest moment. Very, and again, that detail that you love, you sought that out. Yeah. And you were rewarded. Yeah, that's awesome. Right. So that's really cool. You've already answered this earlier in the show, but you know, we'll still go through it. What is your favorite attraction? Well, I already gave you my answer, which was Velocicoaster, but I think everybody says Velocicoaster, which is, you know, understandable. So I'm going to tell you my second favorite. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. And my second favorite ride is so on a different level. And I, people think I'm joking when I say this, Men in Black, Alien Attack, <laughs> is my favorite, second favorite ride. And it makes me sad because I think MTS is the company that built it. But I, whatever company owns the ride or built the ride, I mean, yeah. uh, went out of business. So I, I think yeah. I think it's going to go soon. I love that ride. And I'm not always a cocky person, but I will beat anybody on that ride. I promise you, I will put anything down. I will put money down. You will not beat me on Men in Black Alien Attack. I always max out. I'm a galaxy defender. Nice. And if you don't believe me, come try me. That's all. Nice. I would have to say it, that is not, that's a great, great answer for a second favorite. I, a lot of my friends love that ride. I like it. It's not my favorite shooter. I love Toy Story Midway Mania because I connect with that ride better and I get good scores on it. I can't, I'm not able to get as good a score on, on Men in Black. It's just the older technology. Just, it just doesn't, I don't resonate with it. But I still yeah. love that ride because I think Men in Black is the best themed shooter ride. It is incredibly yeah. well themed. Well, because you're not shooting at a screen. You're shooting at real, right. 
And right. I know Buzz Lightyear does the same thing, but I love Men in Black because you're holding the gun. It's not like attached to your ride vehicle. Right. You have a lot more mobility with it. And then if you're a diehard fan like me, you know where all the secret targets right. are so you can shoot at those. And yeah. 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 A lot of my friends were like that. I could look that stuff up and maybe one of these days I will because I'm at Universal all the time. Maybe that'll be like one of my goals is to learn more about Men in Black. And, and, and I have, my scores are getting better. I'm not going to say what they are because they're embarrassingly low. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not the six nines, like some of my friends are, but I mean, you are, but, but yeah, I mean, the, the theming, it's better than Buzz Lightyear. It, it, yeah. It's, it's a next level. And I love those movies. The classic Will Smith movies are awesome and, and all that. Yeah, no, that's a great number two. I love it. Now on the other end of the spectrum, we don't get like to get into a lot of negativity on the show, but just for comparison and contrast, what would you say is your least favorite attraction and why? I'll say Fast and Furious. I'm only saying that ride because I agree with you. I don't like getting negative and I don't want to bash. Right. I don't want to go on record bashing a park or bashing a, a ride. So I'll say Fast and Furious just because I think we can all agree on that. I think Universal would shake my hand on that agreement and say, yeah, yeah, it's probably not the best. And just so I'm clear, that's Fast and Furious supercharged in Orlando, not the tram ride. I think it's a great compliment to the tram ride in right. California. I just right. don't think it is its own standalone attraction, but I think everyone would agree on that. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, It's definitely Fast and Furious is, is the worst Universal Orlando attraction. I would probably even say it's the worst Universal attraction, period. I've, yeah. I've been to three of their parks around the world. And yeah, and don't feel guilty at all. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but it was at IAPA this past year, 2021. Uh, one of the... Oh, I saw this clip. Yeah, I know what you're about to say. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. he's not, he's not I in saw that. charge of Universal Creative, but he's very high up. His name is Theory. I forget his last name. Uh, he very openly at this like panel presentation made the, made comments that, you know, he regrets how they how they made the ride and it was got approved the way it did and you know it, it, you know it yeah it kind of wasn't a fail because i i as much as i you know as much as it could have been better i ride it every time i go yeah i i it's one of those things that's like so bad that it's good that i honestly if they if they now let's say they tomorrow they say hey we're going to be closing fast and furious you know on the last day there would be immense more fans than shrek more fans than mummy more people would come out and support that ride because it's one of those things that's just like we can all agree on it yeah yeah so no, in a way absolutely. it wasn't a loss it, it's like it's like one of those like it's like you know rocky horror like a really bad movie that has like has cult following I, yeah. I see that and like i don't write it every time last time i wrote it was a couple weeks ago and i taught the the whole all the guys you know because we went through the whole line everything i i taught them about counting how many times they say family in the pre-shows <laughs> so we, we had a lot of fun with it we had a lot of fun yeah with it. and you know so i totally get it all right well let's pivot here and talk about your creative side your music and your your, your satire and all that. Thinking about the mission of Coaster Challenge, we want to better people's lives, you know, helping people face fear, deal with anxiety, deal with depression, theme parks in general, making lives better, and not just about having fun. One thing that a lot of people know, perhaps most people, is one of the best things for us for mental health is laughing. Laughter is, for as sure. they say, is the best medicine, as the saying goes. You know, I love humor. I love stand-up comics and insult comics and you know, inappropriate and humor kind of humor we would never use on the show. I love all that stuff. But I also, you know, I like dad jokes. I like corny humor and sarcasm, but I also love satire. I love, love, love satire. I love that your creativity, you're helping people. I mean, you're helping people to laugh and have fun and share with each other. These are all positive things related to theme park. All your videos are about theme park, you know, helping people outside of the theme, being in the theme park themselves. So I think that's awesome. Tell me, first of all, 
How long have you been doing this circle theme park music stuff? Theme park music I've been making for a year, almost a year, a little under a year. It was in, uh, I want to say May last year that I started doing theme park music. And then, but I've been making music for going on four years now, which all, and I'll talk about it in a second, I guess, but all, all the music that I made before I have, it's not public right this second because it's okay. not good. It's not great, but I, I, I'll make it public one day. Okay. Now you have a really good speaking voice. I will tell you that. Yeah. Again, that's part of why Thank I you. interviewed well here. You have a really, you know, you could, you could be a podcaster, you know, you have a really clear, good enunciation, good sounding voice is all over your music. And this, if the answer is yes to this question, if I know I'm going with this, it's not a wrong answer. And I'll give okay. you a reason why. Okay. I'll justify it. Is all of your music auto-tuned? Okay. Yes and no. Because, well, the Velocicoaster one is not that I made. Okay. And then the there's one that I, at the time of this posting, it's going to be public, but it's not public yet. But I'll okay. say the name of the song because it'll be public. But sure. Drinking Around the World, um, <laughs> okay. which I, I just finished. But that one is not is not auto-tuned as well. That's subject to change, I guess, at this point. But I know that a lot of people don't like auto-tune and they don't think it sounds good and both of my parents were in Voices of Liberty so it's a right. sin for me to even think oh, yeah, about yeah. using it. I really like the way it sounds and I'm the one making it so I don't care what people say you know and I just say yeah I'm gonna put more auto-tune on it you know I like the way it sounds. First of all I think a lot of auto-tune music sounds great it, it, it actually sometimes the auto-tuning pluses up. It, it complements it. Yeah 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 absolutely. here's what I, I don't know if you, you may be aware of this yourself you can say this to friends or critics or whatever I'm a huge fan of RuPaul's Drag Race I've been watching it since the very early yeah. years. And I love RuPaul. I almost all, if not all of her music is auto-tuned and it still sounds great. Right. So. Well, and all the music that I like listening to is auto-tuned. So that's another like key factor in why I prefer the sound, you know, but right. which I, I guess is to me just imitating because it's I'm a fan of it, you know, and I'm going to make something that I want to listen to. So I get a lot of comments of people like, oh, this is too auto-tuned. Oh, this is what music is nowadays. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, it is what music is nowadays. So get over it. You know, yeah, like, no, I don't yeah. Care. no, it sounds great. It, it fits. I, I think it fits the satirical nature of the videos and what you're doing and, and, and you know, the high energy of it. It just it comes together. I think it's great. The theme park music videos you said you've been doing for about a year now yeah what prompted you because you already were doing kind of your music kind of your you know and you said you're not going to publish that's fine yeah you're just getting started it's fine what prompted you to pivot from just doing kind of regular music to doing these satirical music videos about theme park so it was in high school which is i mean god three four eight five i don't know couple years ago. Like I said, I'm bad at math. But anyways, <laughs> it was in high school that I started making music and it was just generic music. I was, I don't think it was bad. I don't think it was bad. I wasn't getting any traction. I would post a song to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and it wouldn't get any traction, which is very common in the music industry. You could be an extremely talented musician and not get any audience, which is just unfortunate. I would start making songs that were kind of related to Orlando things to just kind of like, because what I felt was happening was people would hear the song for a second and then just assume it's another song. Because think about how many songs you hear a day especially right. nowadays because of TikTok, and people would just keep scrolling but and it's like they don't even know that that's your friend that's making this song and so i started making like things that were a little more specific like i made a song when i was in high school i made a song about our high school and it and it few people heard it but it was like it was like a, a way to kind of point out like look you know me like i'm not just a musician this is your friend can you support me but dealing with the support thing i was upset one day and this was a year ago because like i said i would make a song i would post it it wouldn't get anything and i got so used to that 
it just kind of like, it was like, all right, well, it's not going to do well. I changed my Facebook profile photo and I never post on Facebook and I changed it to just a stupid photo of myself. It got like a hundred likes and like all these comments of, oh, Ben, I'm so glad you're doing well. And I was pissed. I was like, so you guys all turn out to see, <laughs> to see my profile picture change on Facebook. But when I work really hard on a song, you, none of, none of you listen to it. So then I'll give you a little bit more background on myself. I, yeah, sure. I worked at Universal and I worked at SeaWorld for a good amount of time. Oh, really? And okay. Yeah. All of my Facebook friends were people that I met working at a theme park. So what's the um... one thing we all have in common? Well, we all worked at a theme park. So then I thought, okay, well, let me think of a good song topic that would you would have to listen to if you worked at a theme park. And so I wrote... Right and made the song it's called stop asking me for tickets and it's about <laughs> being a theme park worker yep, yep. everybody asks you for tickets that's all you yep. hear all day so i wrote that song and i really made it just for my close friends to hear it and give it like a month after it was sitting on there with maybe like 200 views and i was feeling really good about myself my mom messaged me one day and she was like you should look at your tickets video it's getting a lot of views and i was like yeah i know 200 views that's crazy and she was like no it's at like a thousand views so I checked it again and I don't know what it was, but after I checked it and it was at a thousand, it just kept going up like that day. I really, I do, do not think I'm exaggerating. I think that night I went to bed and it was at like 14,000 views. I woke up, it was at like 23,000 views and it was like both the most exciting feeling ever and the scariest feeling ever. Cause I was like, oh, now I have an audience. Now I have like a standard to keep up with. Cause before <laughs> when nobody's listening to you, it's like, you can just make whatever. And if it sucks, it sucks. And who cares? You know, nobody heard it. But, and that's when I was like, okay, you know, I already love theme park. Parks, there's clearly a, an audience that I didn't know about. Right. So let me just uh, experiment with this and see how I do. So I made um, the Fast Pass song, uh, oh, yeah. Fast Pass For Your Love, which is on my YouTube. I saw <laughs> and that one, that one did not as good as the tickets one, but it, it did better than any song I ever made before. And I was like, great, I'm doing two things that I love now. I'm not just making music, I'm making music and I'm referencing theme parks and I'm speaking to this audience that I can relate with. It seems so far that people have liked it. I enjoy it. And yeah, that's kind of what how it all started. It all just started from me being needing attention. I guess and finding right. a way to get it right that's really cool I love that story that's awesome thanks for kind of peeling back the curtain on that too yeah for um, sure yeah you, you were talking there about like oh it's only got you know 200 views and then your mom's like no look and then it and you go to sleep and then the numbers go higher what it makes me think of I don't I don't know if you will get this reference either seen the musical or the movie that just came out last year but Dear Evan Hansen have you seen that I haven't seen it but I, I have heard great things about it yeah so if you ever see it you'll get you'll relate to something that happens towards the middle of the movie about the videos getting getting views and so forth. It's a really, really cool movie, by the way, and the musical I need to see. I want to go to New York. Next time I go to New York, that's like my number one musical. I want to see. I love musicals. But anyways, you've been doing it for a year and you're obviously getting some success. Is Are you doing this just for fun or are you getting monetization? Are you trying to get, develop a musical so, career? To date... I have, and I'm going to guess right here, I've spent, and I'm going to, this is just an average guess, 200 hours to 300 hours just grinding on, right. on my videos. Because I make the videos myself too. I shoot and mm -hmm. film and edit the videos and the songs and I mix and master them all myself. And I have made $10.64. <laughs> okay. And I'm telling you, I look at that amount every day and I'm so excited because nice. it wasn't until I started really having a little bit of an audience that I realized that I love what I do. I love it so much. And there's times where I'm not gonna say where I work, but I have a job. I will be in the middle of working on a video and I'll look at the clock and be like, dang it, I gotta go into work. I don't wanna go into work right now. I wanna keep working on this video. And then I had this realization where if this is what I love doing and I just can't, I get glued to the computer when I'm working on them. I really do wanna make this what I do for a living. Nice. But I, I really wanna make sure I can find a way to do that 
without selling out the brand. I don't want to work. I don't want, I don't know. I don't want to work so hard at something and have it not be the original idea. Working on that because I don't want to beg people for money. I'm, I don't want to like plug merch if it's not going to be something that is really my idea. I don't know. I, I, I'm considering things, but for now, I'm just going to focus on building my audience. Yeah. Because I essentially with no audience, there's no income in, in all and I love doing it. So it's not like I'm working for nothing and, and getting nothing out of it. It's, it's just like, I don't know, I, I love what I do. And I'm going to make a living out of it. I, I love your your positive attitude there. And I love that you're trying to maintain your integrity. And I guess you know, you're gonna you know, what you plan to do. And I think you'll succeed there. I think that's awesome. Being on this podcast and park stop and who knows what else just more and more exposure for you. And again, that's one of the things we love doing on this show. You know, I love your attitude. And I think with that attitude, that is the most important thing you have, you know, along with your talent that you already have. But, you know, those two together, yeah. you will, you, I think will do well. Yeah. And I can tell you, like you were saying, you do your own videos because you post things on your Instagram, like, you know, kind of like works in progress. And I can tell you're doing it yourself, which yeah. is really cool. Are you doing this, you know, obviously long-term you're, you want to make this what you do in the interim is, is what's fueling you, keeping you going with hundreds of hours, a lot of hard work. Is it because, you know, the, getting the audience, but also making people laugh is making is the humor a big part of it. It is. I, this is so corny to say, and I wish there was better words to say it that don't sound as corny, but I live to create. I love creating things. And even though everything I create might not be the best and it might not be the greatest, I love doing it. And it's one of those things that once you start, I just lose track of time. Right. I tell myself, okay, I'm going to work on this video for an hour and then I'll go to bed and then I'll look at the clock and it's 4am. But it's again, it relates back to that attention to detail too, where it's like, if there's one small, like literally the smallest thing that looks, and again, I have OCD, that's imperfect. I gotta, I will spend as much time as I can to fix it, but it's just one of those things that I just, I love doing it so much that I lose track of how long I've been doing it. I don't want that comment about the 200 hours to make it feel like I look at this as, oh, I've spent all this time and haven't made any money. I don't think about it like that at all. I think about, wow, I spent all this time and I haven't even cared about the money. That's right. awesome. You know, I right. love that I found something that I can do that with, right. you know? What has been your most popular music video to date? The most popular song I have is stop asking me for tickets and that's but that's only on YouTube and Spotify. I never made a TikTok for it. I actually wasn't making TikToks at the time. And then the most popular one that is uh, has a video to it that I edited is the Revenge of the Mummy one. I wrote a song about oh, Revenge yeah. of the Mummy because it was leaving. It was not leaving, but it's it's under refurbishment right. until I think late summer. But I wrote a song because I was like, okay, that'll be a relevant topic. And that one, I didn't think it was going to do well, but it, it did really well. That's definitely yeah. my most popular video. I did see that one as well. That one was a good one. That was funny. Yeah, very and very pointy as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Have you had any, you know, whether it be, you know, friends or people you don't know, or, you know, whether it be they message you on social media or they see you in person. Have you had any like really interesting reactions because of these videos? That you yeah. So I have one song that I made. It's called Horror Nights Wasted. And it's about going to Halloween yes. Horror Nights and just drinking. And so, like I said, I, a lot of my friends are theme park people who have worked at the theme parks more specifically. One of my, well, actually several friends on a different timeline, like at different ports of the year of this was at Halloween Horror Nights last year. So HHN 30 right, um, right. told me, oh, you know, my roommate is in, what is that? Wicked Growth. My roommate is in Wicked Growth. She's one of the uh, scare actors. And she told me that every single night before they start, they warm up to your song, Halloween Horror Nights Wasted. <laughs> and I heard that. And it's one of those things where like, okay, I'm sure 
sure through the grapevine, maybe they don't listen to it every night. Maybe it was just like a, a cute little, you know, they listened right. to it once or twice. And I thought that was great. And it really made the world, you know, it meant the world to me. And then another friend, like a week later, she was a swing. For those of you who don't know, when these they staff these haunt events, they have people that they don't have a, a hard cast role. They just go to different areas. But anyways, a, another friend of mine said she was at that house for the night. While they were warming up, somebody said, oh my gosh, we almost didn't play Horror Nights Wasted. We got to play it real quick. Allegedly, they played my song every night before doing the night of Halloween Horror Nights. And I thought that was the coolest thing. And it inspired me to write the song Lil Boo, which oh, is also yeah. it's, it's yeah. primarily focusing on that house. I was like, okay, if these people like me that much, then yeah. I got yeah, I to make something specially That's for so them. Cool. But that was the coolest thing to hear that all these actors, and it's something that I'm a huge fan of also, that all of them yeah. were listening to my song. I was like, That's so cool. That, that was crazy. That's awesome. I, I love hearing that. I have seen that that music video as well, and and it, it, that certainly hit home for me too. Not as a, I wasn't a scare actor or anything. I, oh, that that would be fun. Maybe one of these days I can do that. But anyways, where do you see your yourself taking your music from here? I know you want to grow it and you want to make it your your career for sure. But like, you talk um, to me about like what's going to happen. Like, what do you think is going to happen? I definitely am going to keep making theme park music for that crowd. Want to start getting back into making real music. And I and every time I say that to people, they always flinch and go, no, your theme park stuff's good. You got to keep doing it. I'm not going to walk away from that. I love doing right. it too much. I'm never going to walk away from that. But I've, ex I've I've thought about getting experimental and making some more like music that could, you know, get a little bigger than that crowd. But I'm going to still focus on the crowd. And also, I want to experiment with making YouTube videos. It's something that I'm really insecure about. I really want to make like fun videos along the same line of like four people. I don't want to make skits necessarily, but I really, I just get so insecure when I get in front of a camera when I'm just speaking and you know, when I'm singing right. and, and it's different, but you know, cause I'm in a studio and I'm recording and it's just me in there. But when I'm talking to a camera, it just makes me so like nervous, you know? So I got to really work on that, but I'm definitely going to this year, I'm, I made it a point that I have until May this year to have a YouTube video up. Anyways, that's where I want to go in this direction of my content to where just go a little past music and maybe make some videos. We'll right. see how that works out for me. So when you say making videos, like what, can you give me an example? Just maybe if you want to be general, because you don't want to give anything yeah. away. So but, yeah. this is a, this is an idea I had for a video because I was trying to think of something for YouTube specifically that would cater to a theme park crowd, which is clearly the base that I've established, but also right. cater to somebody who maybe doesn't know much about Orlando, maybe is from, I'm going to just say Minnesota right. and has never been to a theme park in general. And I was trying to think of something that would cater to both of them. And the one idea I had, and I hope by the time this goes public, I'll have it done. I want to go, if you you live in Orlando, so you'll yes. understand this, all around Orlando, they have really sketchy looking places that say, hey, we have really cheap Disney tickets for 30 yes. bucks. Come on well, out. And, and the gifts. Three day, and the, yeah. Three day yeah. park hoppers for $27. And, and they all look so sketchy. And I yep. really want to make a video where I document myself. I might not film myself in the place buying a ticket, but I'll, I'll film myself looking for a place to go and buying a ticket and going down to the parks and just seeing what happens. If it gets me in the park, great. I just, you know, came up on something. If not, it'd be even funnier, you know? So I'm thinking right. about making a video like that and seeing how that goes. Interesting. And I could see, based on that angle, I could see you kind of, as you know, beyond that video, like other things, like where you incorporate iDrive and because I drive, yeah. it, it definitely has gotten better, but there's still sketchy stuff, but also just kind of like C, like, you know, not like A list, but like C list level, like shows and di like yeah, 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 and yeah. magic. And, you know, it's like bargain basement kind of stuff. And I could see you kind of doing stuff with that or, you know, almost like MST3K of it or something or, yeah. you know, just having fun with it. But, yeah, interesting. Well, I, I hope that goes well. Now, now with regard to Thank your you. music, yeah, of course. With your music, are you planning to release it, say, on uh, platforms like, like Apple Music? Do you think that'll happen? 
It is. I actually already have a few songs on Apple Music and oh, Spotify. Do? I do, but there's certain songs that copyright license I can't post because right, of right. certain things that I have in the song or, right. or certain things I say in the title. There are, I don't know off the top of my head which songs are on Spotify and Apple Music, but they are. They are, there, there's a few songs on there. That's where I made my $10 and 64 cents. Oh, um, okay. yeah. So, okay. um, it'll, so it'll, it'll, I'm gonna, and okay. I'm going to go more in the direction of, of making songs that I can put on there to make money off of it, but I will never, ever compromise the idea of a song. There's been times where I've, I've had an idea for a song and, and it wouldn't be able to be posted on there, but I've still made it because, you know, I want to do it. Right. But I am going to go more in the direction of promoting that Spotify and Apple Music a little bit more just to kind of help me get a little bit of monetization, monetization to go towards that direction. I see. Okay, that's really cool. I like it. I like it. So yeah, I asked Apple Music specifically because that's I have a subscription to that and I, I love Apple Music. So I'll have, to, I'll have to look for you on there. That's awesome. So For sure. And speaking of looking for you on there, in just a moment, we'll, we'll actually get into how people can find you, not just myself, but cool. all of our audience. So yeah. But before we get to that, one one last kind of regular question. We always ask all of our, our uh, guests. We've kind of gone through a journey here as each of our guests goes through with whoever's been interviewing them myself in this case you know having some fun conversation meaningful conversation for have an understanding of what the coaster challenge mission is all about what's important what we're trying to do so given all of that what final piece of advice would you give those that are listening i think my final piece of advice is no matter what it is you want to do in this world there is a way and i know that that is so vague and that is so <laughs> cliche but there is a way to do whatever it is you want to do in the world. And that could be a big scale thing and that can be a small scale thing. And I and I mean this, I'm very passionate about it because even if it's something as small as like, there's been so many times where I've been like filming a video and I'm thinking, oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to edit this or film it. But there's a way, there's a resource out there and you can find it. You're going to have to get creative, but if you want it badly enough, you can make anything happen. You just have to make it happen. And the best example of that is, I should have told you this earlier. I set a goal. I set quarterly goals for myself this year. Nice. And my first, the first quarterly goal was I'm going to get on a podcast, a theme park based podcast. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about my music. And I'm so proud of myself. Here I am sitting in front of a computer on a theme park podcast because I found a way to do it. And I believe everybody has creativity in them and there's a way to find it. I'm going to I'm going to combine two things. I have two advices. The other thing about that is everybody's creative. You just don't know it yet. And I know that sounds, again, cliche and vague. However, if you think of something like a painting, if you told me right now to paint beautiful portrait of a model, I would probably butcher that painting. However, there's statistically, I can take that paint and put it on a canvas and it's doable. If another person in like an artist who does this professionally painted that model, it'd look beautiful, but I'm a human, he's a human. He moved his arms in a certain way that created the artwork. It's possible, you can do it. There's literally nobody out there that can't do something creative. I hate when people say I'm not creative enough. Oh, I'm not talented enough to do that. Yes, you are. You just have to have the patience or the willpower or both to get it done. So my, I guess to summarize this big long Ted talk of a rant <laughs> is make it happen. If you have something you wanna do and you don't think it can be done, it can be done. And I know that's vague, but you can make it happen. And also you are creative. You can find that skill inside you. And if it's something new, try it, do it. That's that's love my it. rant, sorry. I love it. That's awesome. No, I love it. That's a great rant. And so the last Thank thing you. then, yeah, absolutely. And I alluded to this a few minutes ago is I personally would like to know how to find you on Apple Music, but if you can share that, but along with that, and anywhere people can find you, because obviously you're trying to spread For sure. your your voice. So, you know, your website, your YouTube, TikTok, you know, so, social media, all that stuff. If you're trying to find me on any platform like Spotify, Apple Music, even on Amazon, you can just type in Ben Grant Music. 
If you just put in Ben Grant, I don't know what will happen. I've never tried it, but it's Ben Grant music. You can type that in. If you're looking for a specific song of mine, if you heard about, I would just mention, I would recommend just putting in Ben Grant music because there's a million songs out there. But that's for Spotify and Apple Music, which, hey, if you have a subscription, please go on there and help me make my dream a reality of creating for a living. But also for free, you can go on YouTube and it's Ben Grant music, all one word, or you can probably space it out and it'll probably work fine. My Instagram is Ben Grant music all one word. Same with my Twitter is Ben Grant Music. And I recommend following me on my Instagram because I usually will post some behind the scenes stuff if you're interested in that. And I also will post like little extra content that I probably wouldn't post anywhere else as well as my Twitter. And then my TikTok is Ben Grant Music FL. And that's for Florida. If uh, that helps you remember it. I will say follow me on TikTok, but I, I'm not the biggest fan of TikTok. I'm trying to, I'm kind of using the platform to get people to recognize me and then go on my other platforms. So if you are interested, follow the other ones first, especially my YouTube, because like I said, I really want to make YouTube videos and it would be great to have a little bit of an audience to respond to that. That's how you can find my music. Awesome. Well, thanks. And that just helped me, you know, want to find Apple music, but also I, I don't think I subscribed to you yet on YouTube. I thought you're many TikToks. Now I know your YouTube, as we talked about earlier. So I will look for you and subscribe to your YouTube channel. That's awesome. Sure. Well, you know, thanks very much for your time today. And I'm, I'm glad we're able to fulfill that, that first goal, that first quarter goal for you. To, yeah, thank you so podcast. much. Absolutely. And, and I will tell you, Ben, I kind of mentioned this earlier, you are clearly creative and you have a great positive attitude. With those two things combined, you or anyone in the world with those two things will succeed. So I wish you luck and look forward to seeing thank what you. you do. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. I wish you luck on the podcast. It's doing great. And I really enjoyed this time. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Ben. Ben, that was an incredible story. And I really want to take the time to thank you so much for taking the opportunity to come and spend some time with us here on the podcast today. So anyway, <laughs> but what did I say? You know, Jen, how do you uh, how did you take this week's episode? He is a very talented artist. I mean, I kind of hope he does more than just uh, like the spoofs on the rides. I kind of hope he got he gets a little further in his career. Yeah, I will say he's, and I can only imagine as Universal, but I can see him doing some Disney music. I can see him doing some cool stuff over at SeaWorld. Stuff, he loves doing stuff for all the theme park stuff. So I know he can create some very creative music. And you know what, guys? If you guys are interested, we'll have all his musical links right down in the show notes for you guys to click on. And make sure to give him a thumbs up on the YouTube channel. And make sure to follow him on all the social media pages. But anyway, the Zips was a fantastic episode. Make sure to check out our social media pages. But Justin, how can they find us on social media? If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast and if you want to see more from us we upload every friday and check us out on facebook instagram twitter youtube all at coaster challenge links in the description thank you justin yes guys make sure to hit that subscribe button on all our social media platforms we really would appreciate that and also if you're listening to any of your favorite podcasts spotify apple amazon yeah podbean make sure to write a review and make sure you click the thumbs up the follow button and all that stuff so that way you can be alert every time we release a special episode or you'll know it'll automatically go on to your podcast every Friday. And make sure to visit our website at CoasterChallengeUSA.com and make sure to check out the Coaster Challenge Podcast Store where we have all kinds of incredible merchandise and any proceeds that we make from the merchandise sales, it is donated to the local charity every year. But it's been a really awesome episode this week. We got another really awesome episode for all you guys next week, so make sure to tune in. And also, make sure to share this podcast with a friend. But until then, this is David Cantu. This is Jenna Gazelle. We'll see you all next week right here on Coaster Challenge.